we got a big show today. We got Congressman Ken Buck talking about how to break up big tech, and I'm I'm excited to talk to him about it in depth. It's going to be a pretty good interview. But before we get to that, I want to talk about a couple of things. One, man, I, I don't. It's like 100 degrees in Texas right now, and and I forgot just how hot it gets here because I used to hide out during the summers and avoid 100 degree Texas weather. But now that I'm back, yikes. Yikes. Makes me feel like I need to lose weight. And I guess it's a good thing. Maybe it'll melt off of me. That's how it works. I'll drink my bourbon. I'll gain the weight. I'll, it'll melt off me outside. Oh, let's play some intro music. Here's the intro music. Serious music today because of a serious guest. Listen, I want to talk about something I saw in the news. It looks like Nike is going to be losing $790 million. $790 million dollars in this last quarter think about that almost a billion dollars i thought this uh this woke campaign stuff would work for them i really did i thought you know i thought here they they really nailed something down i mean basketball was in on it all the sports are in on it everybody's black lives matter everything is uh going woke everything is uh you know trans whatever like he was at the front of it and i don't i don't want to say go woke go broke i think that's been played out but I think, you know, in some instances, perhaps, maybe people just aren't buying the shoes anymore because they realize when there's a, a social justice riot, you can get them for free. I mean, you just think about it. I mean, I, that's one of the that's one of the places that gets looted all the time. You got Target. Think about George Floyd. Target, liquor stores, and that's why they're doubling up on security at liquor stores and shoe stores and GameStop. Because, you know, it's social justice, you got to steal from it. So maybe, maybe that's what happened is, that, you know, there's no demand to buy shoes directly from Nike anymore. These stores uh, are probably closing up. A lot of these, a lot of stores in uh, urban neighborhoods getting robbed, uh, taxes being too high for them, employment costs being too high for them. Think about Seattle, where the minimum wage has been uh, arbitrarily raised. There's, it's, it's just not profitable to have a shoe store there anymore, I would think. Small businesses. Things shut down. I mean, that, that could be one of the factors. Also, you know, over the last year, people just aren't walking as much. They're not going outside. Remember, most of these people, uh, first of all, I think you start here with Nike went full woke, right? Made sure they, they acted out when they had, remember they had those uh, uh, historic flag, American flag, uh, shoes and Colin Kaepernick acted out and he's like oh I can't stand these you need to pull them and I think that was just promotional I, I wonder if they even made those shoes maybe they made like a couple pairs of them just to but I almost feel like that was fake just to just to make him look woke and really like introduce him to the brand and what they're trying to do as a brand so you start there and you lose people off of that because you're going woke with Colin Kaepernick so you're going to lose people with that to begin with so who you got left you, you've lost most of the right. So then you go to the left, and the left is told you're not allowed to leave your house for a year. Uh, you got to wear a mask. You got to, you know, six feet, three masks, you know, 28 feet away from everybody. And you're staying inside your house for a year. So maybe they just didn't need new shoes. Then you go with unemployment. People aren't working. And uh, I, don't, I don't know that shoes are a priority when, when you're just collecting unemployment. But they did get a lot of extra unemployment, so maybe they were a priority in some instances. I, you know, it just... Th- something's terribly wrong with that business, 
with that business plan, if you lost $790 million in a quarter, and I think it's because they're woke. I think that's what starts the ball rolling. But it's just ridiculous. I mean, they're, they are... The fact that they, they paid Colin Kaepernick to not play football. And I, by the way, I, I, love, I love, by the way, the argument, especially from athletes, that there's some sort of uh, racial disparity or that they've been held down and oppressed. These are million-dollar, million, multimillionaires, athletes. I mean, Colin Kaepernick doesn't even play his sport anymore. He makes money with Nike as like a woke face of Nike. He doesn't have to do anything. He literally tweets once in a while. He doesn't have to do anything. And he's getting paid to do it, and he's talking about how um, how he doesn't have uh, how people don't get opportunities, how people don't get opportunities. He gets more money, probably working for Nike, than he would playing in the NFL. And people are still arguing that he didn't get a chance and didn't get a shot in the NFL. He actually got tryouts. I don't know if you remember that or not. Not too long ago, I think it was like two years ago, he got tryouts to go back to the NFL. Had a private tryout. Started acting out. They moved where the tryout was going to be. His team moved where the tryout was going to be. They started acting like he was a victim again when they were offering him a job to go back to the NFL. That dude is the last person who should be considered a victim of anything. But he needed to create that drama to keep up the brand. And so when he was given a tryout by the NFL, I think it was like seven teams or something, and then he moved it, and then a couple of teams were like, F this, we're not dealing with his attitude. It was ridiculous. But yeah, Nike shoes. I I don't get it. Also, by the way, uh, Donald Trump's birthday was this week. And on that birthday, I guess in order to celebrate, Twitter decided to tank a whole bunch of people again. I went down 1,600 people. Travis Tritt said he lost about 1,000. Uh, Dana Loesch has uh, been losing. She said she's lost about 200 or 300,000. She, she was up, and I remember that she was up near 2 million at one point. And now she's down to barely over a million. It's insane. I keep going back to 287, 250. That's the number that I keep defaulting to is 287, 250. So it's going to be very interesting to see where this goes. It's going to be a very interesting conversation we're going to have here. I'm, I'm recording this in two parts, uh, but this one, uh, I'm going to link them together. That's why it's going to sound a little disjointed. But about to have on Congressman Ken Buck to talk about all these bills that Republicans are putting forward to hopefully put an end to this tech monopoly break it up and have a little bit more regulation. It's time for that. So I'm looking forward to talking to him here in a second. And we're going to flip over to it right now. All right. It's a a great opportunity that we have today to speak with Congressman Ken Buck on the show. Uh, Congressman, welcome to the show. There's so much going on in Congress right now. One of the things, though, that shocked me is how Democrats have and, and Republicans have actually finally started to work together on one thing, and I think everyone realizes this is a major problem. These big tech companies that are kind of controlling absolutely everything. Uh, there's multiple bills you're putting forward. Uh, you've co-sponsored a few. Can you tell us about what's going on there? Sure. I've co-sponsored uh, all six, actually. Um, they involve a, a really a wide variety of strategies to deal with the bad behavior, uh, uh, borderline illegal behavior of uh, the four uh, big tech companies. And, and so uh, we're dealing with everything from allowing attorney generals to sue in their home states and not have cases removed to the Northern District of California because it's a favorable venue to the big tech companies to uh, making sure that uh, data is portable. In other words, you have a, when you uh, conduct a search, uh, the, that search engine develops a digital file on you and 
uh, you would be able to take that digital file and move it to another search engine, just like you can take your cell phone number and move it. So they're really, they're, they're ways that enhance the free market and, uh, and encourage competition in the marketplace. It's, it's amazing to me. People don't realize, you know, when Amazon owns all of the, the multiple platforms and then they sell their own products that people don't realize they're going to put their products above uh, other small businesses. And that's just one way they can put small businesses out of business. Uh, are more and more people just waking up to this or is this just something that people have known about and they haven't done anything about? Well, it's a great question. Um, it's certainly more visible now and, and uh, more top of mind now for a lot of people than it was before. I think part of the issue is the censorship in, in the last election and, the, and part of the issue is uh, just uh, whenever you go online, uh, you're harassed by ads all over the place based on something you searched for a, a week before. But you raise a great point about Amazon. I think the, the real challenge is that Amazon has an advantage because it runs the platform. And as, a, as it runs the platform, it starts to see various products do well and it gathers that information and then goes out and creates one of those products sells it uh, above the products that um, they uh, initially were selling and, and tracking um when you're talking with democrats about this and and especially what happened in the 2020 election uh with how big tech manipulated things if you mention that Donald Trump was deplatformed by Twitter or Facebook, do they do they look at you funny, or they or do they sit there and take it, or do they start screeching? All of the above, really. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think that uh, you know they don't they they believe that that perhaps that was justified, but it would never be justified if they were taken off the platform. It would never be justified if one of their uh, presidential candidates or a president was taken off the platform. So. It's it's really something that I think they are concerned about it being used against them, but they weren't as concerned about it being used against President Trump. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I, I don't you have to kind of, I guess, see the forest for the trees on this one. Right. If you're a Democrat and go like, well, you know, just because they favor us right now doesn't mean that it can't turn on us in the future. Um, one of the things that you were were one of the very first congressmen or members of Congress to uh, do was refuse to take big tech money. Uh, I know there's a lot of it floating out there. What do you know? What percentage of of Congress actually accepts donations from big tech? Well, I don't know um, what percentage of Congress actually gets donations from big tech. Since I'm on the Judiciary Committee and we deal with a lot of big tech issues, it's available uh, or was available to me um, and and other members of the Judiciary Committee. But I I think that um, uh, that you know we, we do know that uh, according to reports. Uh, big tech spends $52 million a year in Washington, D.C. to influence public policy. Um, some of that is through campaign contributions. Other, other uh, money is used for foundations and nonprofits and, and other groups that, that uh, really impact uh, policy in, in Washington, D.C. Yeah, I, I, I found it very interesting because, of course, I, I lived in D.C. for a good chunk of time. I escaped the swamp uh, just recently here a few months ago. But Every organization in, in big tech has a lobbyist, including Yelp. I thought that was a very odd thing for them to have a, a government relations uh, person who was making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. What, do you meet with these lobbyists? Do they, do they try to hustle you? What is that like as a member of Congress with all of this money floating around? Or do you just kind of uh, avoid it altogether? So for the most part, staff meets with with lobbyists, and and they they perform a valuable function, and 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 then there are some, uh, uh, you know, obviously shady lobbyists out there. But information is really the the primary currency in Washington D.C. 
and to get uh, someone from Yelp to tell you how uh, uh, they interact with Amazon and how they've been, or Google in this case, but how they've been discriminated against and, uh, and hear their side of the story and then go to Google and hear their side of the story. Somewhere in between, you're going to find out what you need to know to develop policy. And so all of these lobbyists have information and talk to you about uh, what their company needs to employ more Americans, to uh, make this a stronger economy, to uh, compete with China, uh, all kinds of issues that are that are really valuable. See, that's my my automatic when when I talk about these folks and, and a lot of people listening would think the same way is is that there's some sort of nefarious thing that lobbyists always want to do. But nobody ever thinks about it as you guys are getting information from them and insider information that you may not get otherwise. That's it's very interesting to uh, find out. So uh, all of these six bills, I want to I, I want to do it. I, I want to put it to you. Um, can you tell us? what they are and what each one is. I know this is a little definitional and a little, uh, you know, uh, maybe elementary uh, of a question, but can you break those down for us? Sure. Uh, I'll do my best to get to all six. I'm not sure I have them on, on the top. I, I know. Mind. It's like naming kids, right? Even even people with six kids are like, well, I know I'm forgetting one there. <laughs> so the the uh, the first bill is, is a bill that I introduced about three or four weeks ago, and it's a, a venue bill. Um, and it gives the state attorney generals the ability to sue in their home state. So recently, uh, Texas, uh, on behalf of 14 other states, filed a lawsuit against Google in Texas. Uh, the first motion by Google was to remove that lawsuit to the Northern District of California. So that's the, the first bill says, you know what, um, the United States can sue what, in whatever state it wants to, and uh, we're going to allow attorney generals the same privilege as the United States to be able to pick the venue that they want as opposed to letting these four big tech companies uh, pick venues. So that's, that's the first bill. Second bill has to do with funding. The uh, two agencies that enforce antitrust laws, the Federal Trade Commission and the Department of Justice Antitrust Division, are uh, they have actually less resources, less full-time employees today than they had 10 years ago. And to take on this massive, uh, uh, really, uh, series of lawsuits that they're gonna be engaged in, um, we are increasing the fees that they charge to review mergers and allowing them to use that money for uh, hiring more employees, uh, investigators, economists, uh, to be able to do the oversight work that they need to do. Um, the, the next bill is a really important bill. It, it, it uh, allows consumers to take their data, the, the digital file that's created when they uh, conduct searches online, to take that data to a competitor. So uh, just like you could take your cell phone number from one carrier to another carrier, uh, this bill would allow you to take your data and move it between carriers uh, and try to increase competition uh, in that way. Uh, the next bill is a non-discrimination bill, and what it does is it, it uh, uh, prevents these four companies. And again, it doesn't apply to airlines, it doesn't apply to banks, it applies to these four uh, tech companies, Amazon, Apple, Facebook, and Google. And it says that they can't engage in predatory pricing. They can't, uh, as you were saying earlier, uh, uh, favor their own product over another product uh, online. So. Apple charges a 30% a fee for Spotify to appear on the app store. And then um, they obviously have Apple Music competing with Spotify. So you get Spotify at $12.99, you get Apple Music at $9.99 a month. That kind of fee would be prohibited in, in this situation. So that's the, the non-discrimination bill. The structural separation bill 
uh, requires companies to uh, uh, or disallows companies, and this applies uh, mostly to Amazon, but disallows companies from operating a platform and products that compete on the platform. So within two years, they would have to separate their product lines from their platform and have two different companies uh, that, that were operating in that way. So that's that's five out of six, and I probably forgot Johnny's name somewhere along the line. <laughs> no, it's it's crazy. That's that's an awful amount of work, uh, awful awful good amount of work, uh, to the point that you know you're getting positive uh, positive feedback from it. It really appears from both sides of the aisle, not only um, in in your uh, in Congress, but in in the media. I think everyone seems to be uh, very positive on it. Um, I want I want to leave you with this. I have I have big questions because I know you're a, a fourth district of Colorado. Uh, a lot of people know that I enjoy a good bourbon or whiskey to the point that I have about 400 bottles in my collection. Colorado has become a major, major producer. There are, there are, I believe, almost 80 distilleries now there. Uh, are, are there any good distilleries in your district that we should uh, explore? Well, I, I, I have been to a lot of uh, the um, sort of craft beer uh, locations. Um, I have not been to any distilleries, but now I'm going to have to search for that and, and – uh, I will, I will uh, absolutely get back on the show with you, and we will talk more about good distilleries in eastern Colorado. I'd, I'd love to. Man, there are there – are, I was shocked the last time I visited Colorado, and it was about a year and a half ago. And at, at that point, there were, I believe, 78 distilleries in the state. So uh, it is blowing up there and uh, becoming a, more of a producer of whiskey um, as far as craft whiskey than uh, uh, even Kentucky. So it's a very interesting place. Uh, Congressman Ken Buck, thank you for joining us today. Uh, thank you for your work on this. This is remarkable. Uh, finally, we're waking up. Actually, I'll, I'll ask you one more question before you go. What took so long for Congress to get to it to this? Is it because there are younger guys like you, and I say that almost jokingly, younger guys like you in Congress as opposed to the 100-year-old members of Congress who realize and use the internet that there's, this is a problem? Uh, you know, I don't. Th I don't really don't think so. I think that uh, you know, ten years ago, I don't know that a lot of people felt that Facebook was the Goliath that it is now, or that that Amazon or uh, Google, uh, you know, acted the way they do now. I think that these companies have gotten so big, and 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 just treat consumers in in a, a really in a selfish way that uh, we're hearing more and more about it. And then with the election, uh, you know. Uh, media coverage of the Hunter Biden story being suppressed and the origins of the, uh, the, the virus being suppressed, those kinds of things. People are wondering whether they're getting the best source of information that they can get. Yeah, it's it's I'm I'm just glad that everyone is starting to wake up to all of this. Uh, thank you so much, Congressman Ken Buck. Uh, and thanks for for working on all of these bills. It's, it's great work, sir. Thank you very much, Tim. And thank you guys for joining us. This has been No Things Considered. My name is Tim Young. Like, share, subscribe. You know the drill. Go follow Congressman Ken Buck and his work, and go take a look at all of the, the articles about it. It's incredible stuff that he's doing over there. And also go grab uh, Old Elk. Old Elk is what I talked to him once we went off air when we finished recording that. Old Elk bourbon. I believe they actually, yeah, it's bourbon and whiskey that they do. Uh, but the Old Elk bourbon out of Fort Collins, Colorado, totally worth checking out. My name is Tim Young. Again, like, share, and subscribe. Thanks for listening today. We'll talk to you again soon. Mm -hmm.